Hello and welcome to White Hat versus Black Hat SEO Show. My name is Josh ACDC Paczynski. I'm back in black to to give make you thunderstruck about the new SEO. No, I'm sorry. I'm trying to think. How many ACDC references can I put in a sentence? I'm going to shake you all night long in SEO related ways and nothing but that. And uh, uh, so welcome to the show. If you've never seen the uh, White Hat versus Black Hat SEO show before, we are a, the best SEO show on the YouTubes. We are the best SEO show on the YouTubes because we have the highest quality of SEO knowledge because we do the highest quality of SEO testing, both with a piece of software called Cora, which matches uh, hundreds of correlations, over 500 factors to over 1,000 pages every single time you run it. And when you start running 50 or 60 or 70 more reports or more, a very strong and um, actionable story starts to uh, uh, fill out as to exactly what you're missing in your rankings and what exactly you need to add in your rankings. That plus we also do con controlled environment tests and single variable tests that gives us a level of scientific precision in uh, knowing what the ranking factors are. That is um, quite frankly, head and shoulders above pretty much what everybody else is doing out there. And we associate with a number of other uh, sister groups that do the exact same thing. And so we all like a peer review method. We do a bunch of tests. They review our tests, review their tests. And that's kind of how science progresses. And that's kind of how we progress in having the most advanced SEO knowledge. We win SEO competitions. We rank for anything that we want. Go to bit.ly slash SEO proof and you'll see the recent uh, uh, successes of just the sites that I'm dealing with. But I'm dealing with a group of, of, of a number of people, half a dozen people or so. Uh, that uh, are winning competitions and and ranking for whatever they want to, uh, and so um, we're the we're we're the best. That's just the way it is. I'm sorry if that offends other people. Deal with it. So, uh, <laughs> and so if you've never seen the show before, we usually talk about what's going on in SEO, and uh, what's new in SEO right now is the first segment I'll get to, and quite frankly, not a lot new is going on. People are still um, uh, feeling the effects of the July 29th update which I'm calling the Twitter update uh, because that's just as good a name as any. <laughs> Some people are calling it the medic update, except that Google recently admitted Gary Ilyish at a conference. Gary Ilyish is a webmaster trends analyst working at the Zurich office, the same office that John Mueller works in. He recently uh, admitted and tried to, I, I love it when Google wants to come in and correct what the SEO industry is saying, and not because they want to protect their algorithms, but because we've got it so wrong. They're like, oh, no, guys, come on. They just can't handle it. Normally they should shut up and just let us fumble about, and 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 that's normally what they would do. But they actually had to come in and say, guys, it has nothing to do with medical sites. It's not specifically a medical site update. Stop calling it the medic update. It just is a happy coincidence that it hit, hit a bunch of those sites. He said, and I quote. So, <laughs> um, you know, a lot of um, amateur SEOs and people who who really should know better when it comes to science because they're people who have degrees in science. Some of them. Um, really should understand the scientific method better, uh, uh, are making from the hip ad hoc guesses, wild guesses. They, they, they saw four medic sites hit and said, it's a medic update. And then they call it the medic update. And then Barry, Barry Schwartz, who has no idea what he's doing either, um, sadly, sorry, Barry, um, when he picks up what this person who has no idea what they're talking about says and then calls it that. And I mean, well, that's not true. But Barry admits he's not an SEO, so I guess he shouldn't be angry at me saying he, he has no idea what he's talking about when it comes to SEO. But um, uh, anyway, so they call it the medic update when it's not supposed to be the medic update because it has nothing to do with medic sites. In fact, what we saw and what we were checking out, the kind of things that we saw for this update were you have to go back actually to the April 16th update because that's when things really started to change. And in fact, we're going to talk a little bit about how much they've changed Maybe the focus of this episode would be, wow, Google, you've dialed everything back to 2001. Because, <laughs> man, it's like 2001 again. Let me show you. So in the April 16th update, um, we used this software called Cora, as I mentioned, to see what the correlations are and the difference between before the update and after the update. And so this is the difference of before and after the April 16th update. And you might ask, well, why, Josh, are you going back to the April 16th update? That was, you know, whatever, five, six months ago. And my answer is because that's when things really started to change. Look at how much there was a factor difference. 172-point factor difference of keywords in the last 100 words. And then Google result uses HTTPS. They boosted that tremendously. 
Keywords and span tags, keywords, keywords, up 50, up 80. Uh, terms of service page was up 50 from the last update, which was up 50 that time. Um, keywords in the H1H6 tags. So we really saw that there's a number of quality factors they started going for, like HTTPS. You have to have a terms of service. And we've just seen that more and more every time they made an update since April 16 get dialed up as well, like email on your page, a robust contact form. This is all stuff that's coming out of the quality raters guidelines too. So it shouldn't be surprising that Google decided to use it as ranking factors. And Cora proves, uh, gives a good chunk of proof of evidence that they do. Because 172 point and a 50 point uh, shift is not just correlation. Like I ignore this entirely, keywords and body tag down three, because a fluctuation of 10 points up or down is nothing. But when you have the billowing black smoke of 172 point change or a 50 point change or an 84 point change, uh, or, or, it just, it, or something has entered that wasn't there before, that's like a thousand spot change. That is billowing black smoke that undoubtedly came from some kind of fire. So that's what we're starting to see in the April 16th update. And then if you even go further into what, how things are looking now, this is an aggregate report that the new Cora 4 is going to be able to pump out for you. Uh, and look at what it tells you uh, out of, the, out of the, the, the percentage, how much more important it is going over time. Keywords, keywords, term frequency, that's related to keywords. Keywords, 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 keywords. This is, is clear evidence. Now, this is not smoke. This is over 40 to 50 samples showing a 60 to 70% uh, correlation. I, I, Ted, correct me if I'm getting that totally wrong. If I have it mostly right, then, then don't correct me. Uh, no, no, that's, that's a little wrong. What this is okay. reporting <laughs> is it's looking at uh, 72 different Cora reports. So seven, across 72 keywords I had in my output folder, it's telling us that 74% of them had keywords and sentences as a factor. So the most common uh, strong correlation across the whole sample set was keywords and sentences. Right. What we see here is the things that most commonly have strong correlations are keywords, keywords, keywords. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't say it enough times. And that's ever since the April 16th update, We've known that keywords were a ranking factor and still always were, and even though the Google's telling us to ignore them. Well, now they're even more a factor. In fact, things are getting so interesting um, that, uh, Ted, uh, why don't you tell us, if you don't mind, about this, this uh, test you just recently did. We've been looking at whether uh, there's still an over-optimization um, demotion uh, for keywords, and we can't find any. Yeah. I have a... The the tests that I've been doing, I've, I've done uh, several tests, and uh, one of which is for keyword density, and the other one is for old school keyword stuffing where you repeat your terms back to back to back to back. The thing that Matt Cutts famously in his video said they will algorithmically catch you doing and demote you for. Um, and so I've, I've run both of those and, you know, it's, it's not conclusive results yet. I have other people repeating the tests. We're trying to, to get some agreement. Um, but my preliminary results were on the keyword density, 25% was at number one, 24% was at number two, 23% yeah. was at number three, and so on. And then on the back-to-back -back, uh, keyword stuffing, the most stuffed was number one, the second most stuffed was number two, and so on for, for 25 test cases. Yep. So it doesn't look like there is an algorithmic penalty for keyword density. It doesn't look like there's an algorithmic penalty for legacy, old-school, most basic keyword stuffing imaginable. So now keep in mind, this isn't a call for everyone to keyword stuff because Google will manually penalize you for it. And it will scare off all of your customers if you show them a page with a 25% keyword density. <laughs> um, 
And it's also more evidence that Google is not reading the page because I had to break the heck out of English grammar to achieve a 25% keyword density. So those are no longer uh, what I would consider, you know, understandable sentences when you hit that point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Red apples, red apples, red apples. Do you like red apples? I red apples like red apples. You want some red apples? We'll get red apples for red apples you. Like that's, exactly. <laughs> that's not, that doesn't read very well. Um, and we did, we're three or four tests in now, and it, it is still preliminary because this is so counterintuitive. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And so we're going above and beyond. Three or, three or four tests in on something, I, I'd be making more stronger conclusions, but I'm still going to be uh, hedge my bets and repeat everything that Ted just said. I'm not saying you should go out and just stuff your, your page is so full of keywords that it's it's unreadable, but at the same time we had one we have two tests one where there's a a page with 64 keywords, and the the average is the the, the mean is three, and 47 keywords, and and even though it's got 64 keywords versus the mean of three keywords for the rest of like the the sister pages except for one's also at 47, there is no detrimental effect. It's ranking number one. It has been the whole time for weeks. So again, this is preliminary. Maybe after a few weeks, it'll suddenly drop or something. Maybe that uh, over-optimization algorithm only runs once a month or something like that. But it really, uh, I mean, everything we're seeing, the correlations, the, the single variable tests, the controlled environment tests show that if you're ignoring your keywords, you're a dummy. And if you're listening to Google when they say, you don't have to worry about keywords at all, you're a dummy. Plus, by the way, John Mueller hasn't said that for at least six months, that you don't have to worry about your keywords. So he stopped saying that. So um, I think it makes perfect sense now that Google is using user clicks to rank pages and use that using that as their quality check. They don't really, and I, I said this for years, and this is eventually where they're going, and now they've got there, is that they don't really care what you do to get into the into the vote as long as you win the vote. If you win the popular vote, a real actual popular vote, then they don't care what you did to get there because at the end of the day, for web pages at least. Um, if people are clicking on it and they're satisfied and that's what they're looking for, they don't care really what black hat stuff you did to get there within reason, within reason. So we're going to have to keep testing this. We're going to have to keep seeing, but it's very, very interesting stuff. Another interesting thing that was brought back up to me uh, recently along the lines of keywords and how they understand keywords and how they, how they understand how relevant the words are on your page is the, the Google natural language processing that they're doing from machine learning, and this, of course, Ted and I both agree, has to be one of the, the main backbones of RankBrain. But let me just show you a screen uh, a screen share here of this. So this was pointed up to me again recently, a hat, uh, hat tip to Dan for showing this to me recently. Uh, but I mean, I've seen it before. This has been out for a couple of years. But basically, if you want to know, so here, go to this page here, cloud.google.com slash natural language. This is where it is here. And if you want to know what Google thinks of your page, now again, this is just anecdotal, but I keep seeing good correlations in here. It's very interesting. And so we're going to see if we can also maybe start doing some more correlation tests with this. But you you copy your, your content, you paste it in here. So what I did is I did a search for best skin cream. And I took this one here. I think I took um, uh, Mary Clary, I think, down here somewhere. I think it's around here somewhere. I think that's what I took. Uh, yeah, here, I took this Mary Clary one, and it's ranking uh, number one. The rest here are all uh, ads and the, uh, the featured snippet. And so I took, uh, I copy and pasted all their content here, and I put it into the natural language. And they're ranking number one, and you, and you might be like, hmm, okay. So it gives you kind of a word cloud kind of a thing, but then down here is where it's really interesting, is where it starts telling you the salience. Uh, and the uh, sentiment and magnitude of all the different words in that page. And this from top to bottom, and skincare products is one of the better, better ones, and they know it's a consumer good. They know it's a consumer good. So there's all kinds of mistakes you can find in here. Like, for example, if I was going to do the on-page, they're already ranking number one, so it doesn't really matter. But I don't think their on-page is, is, is set up properly because otherwise, this should probably show up. It doesn't think it's very salient to the page. Now, again, this is just anecdotal. I'm just making some anecdotal suggestions based off of this. We need to do more testing. But I find it very interesting that they've, they've 
dream is the most salient word as far as they can tell. Probably because it it shows up in here so many times. Like, oh, your 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 skin will look like a dream. They probably say that about eighty million times, but it's not, of course, what they want to rank for. Whereas pages that that do rank really well, just for on page with no with no links and with no social, they tend to have the their biggest terms up here at the top. So you can clearly tell what the page is about. Now, obviously, it doesn't have to be like that. Google is smart enough to know that, you know, because this page also has. Oh, let's see. Let me put it in the SERP works here. And yeah, this page here also has, uh, you know, a, a, a trust flow of 71, <laughs> a PA of 51, uh, you know, so I wonder what, and, and, and good, good social behind it. So, you know, it, there's no, and whereas the average TF here is 64 and the average PA here is 49, a good trust ratio as well. So it, it should not be, uh, you know, a very low spam score. I don't care about that. Awesome. A low spam score and many links direct to the page. 92 links direct to this page. So it should be no, it's got really good link metrics here is what I'm saying. Uh, as I could take an anecdotal look, I'd fire up Cora if I wanted a really detailed look uh, and, and make sure uh, HRFs or SEM rush is plugged into Cora so I can get those off-page factors. But, I mean, it's no, it's no surprise here that this one is ranking really highly. In fact, number one. Uh, given the uh, the the linking uh, metrics we're seeing here, uh, but I, I bet you, if we uh, checked some of these ones down here, I bet you some of their on page might not be too bad, and I bet you if we approve the on page of this, that it would rank uh, uh, it would rank better. Even though it's ranking number one, it can't rank any better necessarily. It might we get we could get get it ranking uh, for subqueries that are even better. Because I guarantee you, if I looked into the search console for that page. Uh, if Mary Clary hired me, I would see a whole bunch of dream queries and skin queries and reading queries and moisturizer queries that Google is trying to rank this page for because the page talks about it so much, right? It's like you have you have only so many words it's going to rank you for, and all the words it finds on your page, the more it finds uh, su superfluous words, the less it's going to rank you for words you care about. I repeat. The more Google finds superfluous words and sentiment on your page, the less it's going to rank you for the, the, the ostensibly the words you care about, which will be your keywords you're going for. So I found that very interesting. You guys can go ahead and play with this tool. Again, it's here at uh, cloud.google.com slash natural dash language and, and paste your, your text in here and analyze it. You could check out the entities. You could check out the sentiment, and it'll start giving you uh, the sentiment for for various different things, uh, the syntax, and uh, various other. Uh, this will probably be. It usually only works on a sentence, so this will probably be impossible. But yeah, but I like this entities here. It's pretty interesting, and uh, I think I find that pretty cool. So uh, more testing has to go on about that, but just to sum up, if people say that keywords aren't uh, aren't important anymore, run away because they're wrong. All of our testing shows they're wrong. We have pages and pages and pages of data showing they're wrong, and we have we have tons and tons of tons of of in the world experiments showing that no, it really does matter. Look, we 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 fire up Cora, we we do the on page suggestions. Look at the boosts we get. So that's definitely. Uh, uh, you know the kinds of things we're doing there. So let me get to the questions. If you guys are watching live on YouTube, the questions should be right over here. You can ask me questions live on YouTube. Try to make sure that I have some asterisks beside it so I can see it with my poor old tired eyes. And let's see what SEO questions we can get through here today for anybody who has uh, SEO questions. Uh, Steve Buchanan asks, does Edu scholarship links still work? That's a great question, Steve. In fact, I, look, I took a look at a site today that I did an audit on a site today that has them. Um, the short answer is you're asking the question the wrong way. Do they work is not what you want to ask. What you want to ask is, is that the optimal linking to be doing? That's what you want to be asking. And in my opinion, no, it is not. Um, because these scholarship links are just dumping in uh, 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 page rank into the scholarship section on your, on your site. You might not have routed that page rank properly to other pages. And quite frankly, all of our testing on click here backlinks, that is to say unrelated backlinks, topic A backlinks to topic B money pages, barely help at all. Now, 
that I'm sure that's going to be multiplied when they're from an educational site. But again, it might throw some some page rank into your site, but I, I I can do it with fewer links and targeted much better. That's not that's not optimization. That's what I it's not that's not search engine optimization. That's like what I call that's that's what I like to call search engine betting. So if you or search engine gambling. So if you like to gamble, then go ahead and 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 try that. You're, but you're, I think you're wasting your time on that. And I have much more specific, much more uh, targeted tactics that uh, that I would use personally. Blake asks, "Is this broadcasting? I'm not seeing anything. It's probably broadcasting now." Um, Joel Navarez suggests. Jordan Pierce says, "Yo, yo, 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 Jordan, <laughs> back at you." Uh, Joel Navarez asks if says if you put the keyword under your name in Google My Business, you'll see an immediate and huge increase in rankings. I don't know if that's true, but um, I've definitely seen that in the wild, where um, it was a massage site actually. It was a it was for a spa in in Seattle, and it was uh, for Thai. They offered Thai massage. And they're they're called um, Excite Spa or Excel Spa or something like that, and they weren't doing too well. They were doing okay, but everyone they're competing with was Thai Massage Seattle, Seattle Thai Massage, and even if it's not a keyword thing for for the Google Map listing rankings, remember human beings are a computer too, and as soon as we see what we want while we're on our phone driving, watching, dancing with the stars at the same time, you have like 3% of three brain cells to get their attention. And so for people who are like, I want I want, I want, want to book my Thai massage in Seattle, I want Thai massage Seattle, when they're searching for that, they're going to click the first one that's exactly what they're looking for. And when they see Excite Spa, even though it has, you know, five stars and 40 ratings, it's like, I don't know if these guys do Thai massage. I don't know if this is a mistake. All I know is I want Thai massage. They're going to click what says Thai massage? And so, I would, I would, I would say, I, I don't know. You know, Jordan knows more about local SEO. I don't do a lot of testing there, but if you can set up your business name to have the keywords in it, I don't see that as a problem, um, uh, unless they've got some kind of a penalty for that or something. But it definitely would be an advantage in terms of click-through rates, uh, and I would do it for that reason alone. Nick Taylor says Metallica is greater than ACDC. Maybe, maybe not. Um, uh, Joel uh, also says here, Josh, I got in trouble for putting a green check emoji under one of my business listings. Uh, is Google changing my name or is a competitor just being a sad face? Um, I don't know what you mean by got in trouble. If you mean that you got a manual penalty, that's entirely possible. Like, like Ted says, they do still have a, a team, a web spam team, doing manual penalties, and this can bubble you up for the 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 for using the review snippet without linking back to the where you got the reviews, like just making up reviews. This can be for keyword stuffing if if they've ever looked at your site for whatever reason, pure spam, for example, or this emoji thing. They could be bubbling up and taking a look at as well. So you do have to be careful with these very uh, bleeding edge, cutting edge techniques that we're testing, because some of them can be dangerous. Um, we push the testing to see when we can break it. You don't want to do that with your with your money side, obviously. So you only want to listen to us when we say, okay, this is a safe tactic. This is what you want to do. Uh, you know, make sure you 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 have your ears on and you're listening to us when we're like talking theoretical, hypothetical stuff, and the the practices that we're actually recommending in our services and whatnot. Okay. Ted, Ted gave a good piece of advice for that as well. He said, emoji hacks are great when they work. Take them down when they don't. So I don't know if that bubbled up to the manual team or, or if, again, one of your competitors uh, made the sad face and, and reported you. That's entirely possible. Like uh, another person today in my mentorship group, uh, I have a mentorship group that they pay monthly, and I give them mentorship, hence call it the mentorship group. Uh, it's currently 300 bucks a month, but I'm raising that price to 424 bucks when I get back from vacation. Well, which reminds me, um, I'll say it now because I'm going to forget later. So I'm going on vacation for the next two weeks. So this is going to be the last show for two weeks. And when I come back in two weeks, uh, I'm going to change from Wednesday to Thursday. So someone remember, uh, someone remind me to say that at the end of the show. But I'll say it now in case I forget. 
then I'm going on a vacation for two weeks, and uh, and then uh, I, there'll be no shows for two weeks, and then when I get back, uh, the week of September 11th, you know, pop up uh, that week. Uh, I'm going to move the show till Thursdays at 1 p.m. is probably what I'll move the show to. But I'll be tweeting that out a lot. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. If you subscribe to me on YouTube, you'll get whatever I do, and it'll just tell you, hey, Josh is making a video, and you can watch it anytime. So subscribe on YouTube or follow me on Twitter at Josh Pashinsky or press the, the, the subscribe button. should be somewhere around here on this screen somewhere, and uh, probably down here somewhere, uh, or down here, actually. And you should be able to find my videos but uh, in case, I'll try to say that at the end as well. Um, okay. Uh, let's see here. I can't remember what I was talking about, so I'll just move on here. Oh, yeah. Yes, someone today was wanted to rank in, uh, in SEO niches. And they're like, well, what links should I use? Should I use PBNs? Should I, should I fire up SE Nuke? Should I do this? And I'm like... Maybe you can do those things. I wouldn't recommend it, especially because in the SEO niche, as soon as some white hat SEO sees you ranking on page one with obviously purchased links, they're going to report you to Google. And so you better have plausible deniability on your links or you're going to be in trouble. Uh, and that's probably true for everybody in every industry. Uh, they're going to report you to Google and, and uh, the, that will bubble up to the manual team. So you better have plausible deniability on your links as to whether they are organic or not. That's the plausible deniability. It's plausible that these were organic and not purchased, so the manual team will go, meh, I'm not sure, and they won't give you a penalty, hopefully. But if they see all that keyword stuff and you're doing, then they definitely will. <laughs> so so you got to be careful. Okay. Jordan Pierce says, so there is big talk in the SEO groups right now whether a larger bolded header text will beat an H1. Thoughts? Jordan, that's a great question. Um, uh, definitely, uh, uh, it's something that we should be testing. So I, I, off the top of my head, who knows? Uh, John Mueller says that they do make uh, exceptions for big, bold CSS text, and they treat it like an H1, but who knows if they actually do. So that's something we need to test. Uh, that's something I can definitely put in my, um, in my uh, list of things to test. And we can definitely do a single variable test on that and find out for sure for you. Well, and that's that's an interesting thing because it's been an ongoing debate as to whether or not there is a currency for um, page tuning. For example, does three H2s beat one H1? Right. You know, is there a conversion rate? And the the current understanding is no, there is not. Google is independently looking at these zones for different things. Um, so you need to tune them independently and you can't compensate for a lack of a title by having seven H4s. Uh, that doesn't work. Yeah, and I was also gonna ask, uh, I'd be interested to see what Cora said about large CSS fonts uh, and keywords in them versus H1s. Uh, well, you know, I see strong uh, keyword matches and bold keyword matches correlating frequently. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. I, I wouldn't say that I can prove that's the case, but I wouldn't be surprised either. So there you go. So Coral gives us some evidence there as well. Sean Greenwood uh, asks, hey, Josh, do you agree that pop can contradict Cora? on the more basic content aspects such as title placement, et cetera. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, you have to understand what these tools do and how they're different. Uh, right. With Pop, uh, you're picking your competitors. You're literally cherry picking who you get compared to, where with Quora, you're being compared against the top websites. So based on what you pick, yeah, you could get very different conflicting results. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind is that Pop is only looking at about a dozen or so factors and Cora is looking at over 500 factors. So the importance of, you know, what you should look at could be very different given those things. Um, Pop is a great tool for finding quick wins with the basic factors. And Cora is much more diagnostic overall. So if you're looking for quick wins, Pop is a great tool.
but they're very different tools with very different limitations. Pop is a is a cordless drill. Cora uh, uh, is the entire tool chest. Okay, <laughs> so so there you go. Uh, all right, Simon, who's actually here on the uh, on the on the call, he asked a question in the chat here. He says, "I've mentioned previously that Penguin is actually dead." Yes, I have mentioned that. With this in mind, since Google seems to be putting more emphasis on on-site keywords, have you tested using exact match anchor text from links to see if this moves the needle better now? If Penguin is dead, is the only risk of that a manual review? Thank you, Simon. That's an excellent question. Yes, we've done tons of testing. I've tested over 150,000 links with exact match uh, uh, anchor text, and never ever has it ever have caused any kind of a problem or bubbled up to a manual review in any of those tests, those those half dozen tests with, uh, or more than half dozen tests, maybe eight tests with over 150,000 links created all of it exact match query. Um, so, uh, but does that mean I recommend using exact match query links all the time? Only if it is natural and only if you have plausible deniability on it. So again, plausible deniability as to whether this was organically made is always the question. It always has to look natural. It always has to be so natural looking enough that the manual team is not going to be sure that you you purchased it and they're not going to look at all your, your profile and see that, you, you know, the same author published it on multiple blogs or it, all your links come from, from blogs that... Uh, that always have multiple topics or clear uh, um, sites that sell links kind of things. Only when it looks like for sure you've been doing, uh, you've been placing those links yourself or paying someone to do so is when you don't have plausible deniability and that's when it's more likely that they're gonna give you a penalty versus less likely, it's only a matter of likelihood, not for sure, that, um, that uh, if you have plausible deniability, they're going to go and be nice that day and go, ah, I can't tell for sure that he, he purchased these, so I'll, I'll give him a pass and, and, and go next and go to the next website they have to check out. So uh, but uh, so only exact match if it's, if it's natural, uh, only if you have plausible deniability. Um, uh, but every single link I make usually is exact match uh, because I'm usually making them on very high-quality blogs where everything – I mean, I'm, I'm acquiring them. I'm, he's using quotations. I'm acquiring them in quotations for all the uh, podcast listeners. Thank you for listening, by the way, and on your pod on your podcast device. Um, you can also watch on YouTube if you like, uh, and at least you get to see the, the screen shares I'm doing. Um, uh, yeah, you need plausible deniability for those links. So uh, when I when I when I acquire them, um, they're usually on really high profile, uh, expensive blogs. Uh, and uh, high, with a high readership, and um, uh, so you know, who knows? It could have been some author like this product and made it, or like this site and made it, or maybe something else. But that's the kind of plausible deniability you need. And if you're doing it right, you don't need a lot of links usually in most niches. Um, oh, here's a great question. Mike asks, uh, "Does blog commenting help you rank?" Um, Keywords in your, as, as Ted mentions, keywords in your comments are going to be counted towards your, your page total. So that particular page is going to help it rank or not. Uh, if, if all the words in your comments are, are stripping away the, the semantic you want to rank for, uh, and or maybe putting you over threshold for, for, for over-optimization, if that's still a thing. Like I said, we're testing it now. We can't find it. Um... In terms of backlinking, uh, we haven't tested it. Uh, I can't remember. I think SIA, our sister group, I think Kyle did test this, and I can't remember what he found. Uh, but it's such a spammy tactic, and it's it's on pages that are so so crappy that 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 still allow comments like this that I I, I wouldn't do it myself. Um, but um, but yeah, we'd have to test it to know for sure. Again, that's not how I would do it. Once you, I was telling this to my mentorship group the other day, and again, it's only three hundred bucks for a month. Uh, it's gonna go; the price is gonna go up to four twenty-four soon. If you want to jump in, there's free courses, free videos, free SEO quickies, a lot more of this. If you like what this is, there's a lot more of it in a lot higher detail with experiments and the actual secret stuff that I can't say free on air. That uh, go to bitly slash SEO proof. That will that proves that we know what we're doing and all the all the rankings are there. But anyway, I was saying to my mentorship group the other day. 
once you have a proven test methodology uh, that, that leads to real tactical suggestions, you don't deviate from that. So I've done enough testing now that I know what ranks and what doesn't in the, in the majority of scenarios. And so I don't need to, I mean, I will continue testing, but I don't need to deviate from, from that, that process that I know works every single time. Uh, and I know how it works. I know why it works because I've tested all the individual factors. Um, and it's like when you go to your medical doctor and you start talking to them about nat naturopathy or home homeopathy or Chinese medicine, they just look at you and they just ignore you entirely. And, and that's because it's not necessarily because they're hostile towards those things, although quite often I find that they are, but it, it, it is because they just don't have information on that in their, in their body, in their testing methodology. Uh, you know, they, they have a whole body of testing that they went to to become a medical doctor that took them whatever, seven to 10 years or whatever it was to learn all of it. And that's, the, that's what they go off of because it's the proven, verified empirical testing of how the human body works and homeopathy and naturopathy and all these other ideas or something else. And so not only would it be stupid for them to go rely on an unknown as opposed to a known, they don't even know if it works. It's an unknown and they have a known. So why would they vary from their known to an unknown? It's the exact same thing for our, for our SEO tests. We have a known proven ranking methodology. Why would we leave our known for all these other various unknowns that are in my, in my opinion, quite, quite often highly dubious. I just stay with the known factors. So, so I mean, so take that as you will, but once you have a known proven testing methodology, there's really no reason why you should ever break from it until something in here breaks and it's not working and then you have to do more testing and find out and replace the piece in here that, that might be broken over time. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, do, 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 do. Question. Uh, what can I do when Google doesn't highlight certain LSI keywords for my result, but it highlights those exact keywords for a competitor's page? What causes this? That's a great question, Baxter. I have no idea. Um, uh, that could be a question for Ted, and I see that he's responded at underneath uh, in terms of Cora. But um, that's probably you're probably asking for Cora. That's probably why you're asking. Um, Vlad says, "Hi, Josh. Last week you blow my mind, telling us that silos do not have any, any impact on rankings, neither internal linking. So, what kind of strategy do you replace silos with? Many thanks. Um, thanks for the question, there, Vlad." Uh, yeah. So again, it's about search engine optimization and not search engine gambling. So we did a test. We've done three or four tests now, uh, five, I think, actually, to prove that silos in and of themselves have no inherent uh, boost whatsoever. And it didn't even look like internal links are giving a boost. We're doing more testing on that. I've seen a test now to show that internal links might give a slight boost. And we're doing another test to show uh, another way internal links might give a slight boost. But basically, if you uh, have a three-site silo, um, uh, the silo thing is totally dead. It does not seem to give a boost whatsoever, especially when the silo is on related topics. Sometimes you call them orphan child pages. Some people call them silos. I'm talking about internal pages that if my money page is on buy red apples, the three subpages would be what are red apples, what are the best red apples, why you should uh, get red apples, right? So it's all in the same kind of set of topics. They're all semi-related. Those three silo pages are not have no inherent benefit or boost to the money page at all whatsoever. And now people are like, well, what if you wrote link juice? Because of course, so this, the silo is, siloing has been like the, the, the tactic in the SEO world for the last few months. And people think it's so great. I don't know why I never have, but, but, and so naturally when you interrupt or you contradict someone's belief system, they, look to the world, they usually get upset, <laughs> right? So I've been dealing with a lot of upset people that silos don't actually have any inherent benefit. And they're like, well, what if you wrote inter external link juice through the silo up to the money page? Does it help? The answer is yes, we tested it twice. Of course it helps. Um, but it's the external links that's doing the ranking, not the silo. If you remove the silo and linked right to the money page, it would have went even higher. You would have even got even more boost from it. So like I said, it's about search engine optimization. It's about, op it's about maximizing and optimizing your chances in every way you can for you to rank better. It's not about doing a, a move that's only 
50% good when you could do a move that's 100% good. So why you would ever lose, why would you ever voluntarily lose page rank by routing it through a subpage? I don't know. Unless you're working in the casino industry or porn or something and you can't link direct to the money page, so you have to route through a silo, fine. Okay, if you have to do it, you have to do it. But no, there is no inherent value for silos. They don't have any kind of boost. The internal links don't give any kind of boost in that small kind of scenario. Um, and the only kind of, uh, uh, we're, our testing is still out uh, as to whether internal links give a boost yet still at all. Um, and they might not give any boost whatsoever. That would be good news if they didn't, by the way, but the testing is still out. We're not sure about that part. But I'm very sure that silos of the kind that I described, that pyramid silo with one money page and three pages that are sub on some subtopic related to that main topic, that doesn't give any benefit whatsoever. And and adding links down and up doesn't didn't change it. And I'm sure adding more levels to it is not going to make a difference there either. Although I haven't tested it, uh, but I strongly doubt if you made like eight sub sub pages, six sub pages you know, four sub sub pages and then one money page. I don't see how that Christmas tree is going to help either. Um, but we can test it if you think it's something we should be testing. I, that'd be a lot of work anyway. We, again, it's all about search engine optimization and not search engine gambling. All those methods that I'm seeing are all search engine gambling, even if they do work. Um, and, and, and we want to do search engine optimization. And now that, again, as we have a proven test methodology of what works, we don't have to deviate from it. We have a known of how to rank every single time. We don't need to, to deviate from, well, what if I want to use silos? Why would you want to use silos? One, I just showed that they're not as good. Two, it's more work. Three, we, if they're not part of our proven test methodology. So why, why, are you, why do you even want to do it? Sometimes I don't understand why people ask questions, but, but you're free to ask them. All questions are good. Um, uh, that's the question that Baxter asked there. Um, Joel Navarez says the reason why I would say that it's true is because I've done it for to four different listings and all of went up to top five rankings. Oh, so I guess you mean the uh, keywords in the business name. Yeah, it's entirely possible that keywords could be a factor for, uh, the GMB map rankings too. I'd love to hear Jordan Pierce's, uh, Jordan Pierce's, um, uh, uh, uh view on that specifically um, because I know he does a lot of local. He does more local than I do. Uh, so that would be interesting to figure out. Um, okay, so uh, Gaurav asked a question. I'm not sure if it's for me because it doesn't have asterisks. Please, guys, if it's a question for me, please make sure you have asterisks in front of it so I can ask it because there's a lot of chat quite often as well. He asks, I'm currently ranked 13 on related keyword for my main keyword. I don't rank. Uh, what should I do? This is related uh, keyword, cool Google tricks, and the main keyword is Google tricks, website, uh, my blogging hub. So that's a great question, uh, Gaurav. Um, again, I, I, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing your name. Um, uh, this is actually a conversation I, I just had with a client today. You can't rank for adjective red apples if uh, you, you can't rank for red apples if you have adjective red apples, unless that adjective is best. That's a bit of a, a difference. But if, if it's cool Google tricks and you're trying to rank for Google tricks, again, you'd have to check Google to see. But let's say it was unusual Google tricks versus Google tricks. Unusual Google tricks is a totally different thing than regular old Google tricks. And so naturally, RankBrain will not rank Google tricks as highly for a page that is all optimized all over the place for unusual Google tricks. And if you want to rank for Google tricks, then you've got to totally revamp your page and take the word unusual off of it and, and get rid of that. And that's the only way you're going to rank for it. So that's not the way it works any, anymore. Uh, Google used to do that. It doesn't do that anymore. Rank brain is much more specific. And you can use that natural language tool that I showed you. It's actually quite interesting. You could plug in there, uh, 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 the sentiment uh, adjectives like cool or top or best or unusual or unique, and it'll it'll tell you that okay, here's your here's your nouns, here's your verbs, here's your adverbs, here's your adjectives, and here's the entities that you have in the page that we're going to rank you for, and here's a sentiment one, and and that'll tell you it's going to skew uh, you for a whole keyword family of sentiment related um, um, keywords, uh, and that might not be the sentiment you want to rank for. 
It might not be the words you want to rank for. You want to rank for Google tricks in this case and not cool Google tricks. But by just putting the word cool in a key spot on your page, you're telling Google to skew your entire uh, uh, portfolio of, of rankings that you're going to rank for to a certain percentage to be dedicated to the word cool, right? As opposed to, and that's 100%. So this is 100% of the keywords you're going to rank for. If you put cool in there, you know, 20% of the keywords you're trying to rank for are gone now, and they're going to be taken up by the word cool. Cool Google tricks, cool tricks, cool tricks Google, all those words you're going to start ranking for. You take the word cool out, and suddenly you're ranking totally for Google tricks, which ostensibly is what you want. Again, guys, it's not search engine gambling. It's search engine optimization. You want to optimize your chances for all of your rankings to be 100% on your main keyword that I'm presuming you did proper keyword research on, and you know that's the keyword you actually want to rank for. So, so I, I can't say that enough. It's, it's not search engine gambling. It's not search engine wah-wah. It's search engine optimization. You're trying to maximize the chances of you ranking on your page, your money page, for XYZ. And so you don't put ABC. You don't put alpha, beta, gamma. You put the words XYZ there the most, the most prevalently in the most prevalent keyword spots. So Google is aware that this page is about XYZ and it's only about XYZ and she'll only be ranking for XYZ related queries. No deviation, no additions, no, nothing, nothing uh, changed in that. And then that will maximize the chances for that to happen uh, in terms of your on-page and your off-page semantic as well relates into this. Then the only thing that's left out of that equation really is social, tech, any tech stuff that's wrong in your site like speed and, and, and clicks. Quite frankly, at the end of the day, that's Google's algorithm right there. Rewind the video and play it again if you didn't hear me. I just gave you the secret of the entire Google algorithm right there. That's that's what it is. Deed, speaking of clicks, Deidre asks, has there been a panda refresh for this month as of yet? I received a site-wide gradual al algorithmic penalty on the 22nd. Even our homepage dropped for our brand keyword. Uh-oh, that's not good. Okay, so when your homepage drops for its own brand keyword, you definitely have been hit by Panda, or you have a, uh, otherwise you have a serious uh, SEO issue. I would get someone who's qualified to do a, a full SEO audit on your site. I guarantee you'll find things more wrong than just user clicks, which is what Panda's about. I guarantee you're going to find more stuff there. Uh, Panda usually isn't even that vicious, uh, so you probably have a lot wrong there that you need to fix. So again, you need a full audit on that. I do offer SEO audits. Um, also, my mentor group, I've shown them, I've, I've done a course on how to run your own SEO audit. So you would want to join my mentor group or uh, you would want to get an SEO audit from me and you could do it yourself. You can learn how to do it yourself and do it yourself. Or you can uh, contact me, email me at joshbashinsky.gmail.com. I'd be happy to take a look for you and do an audit for you. Okay, Mike says, great show, guys. Thanks, Mike. He says, does adding a table of contents to the top of the page help rankings? That's a very good question, Mike. Um, it might. There are some rumors in the SEO industry that it might help. Um, whether it will actually help or not um, is a good question. Uh, we've never tested it. So at the end of the day, I don't know because I've never tested it. It's not part of this test methodology I've done here. Um, I would speculate that if it added keywords into your page, it's definitely going to add uh, named anchors in your page, which are a, a ranking spot for keywords. So that's probably going to help you in that regard. And because I've tested all these factors individually, and if users are clicking it and using it, uh, and Ted's going <laughs> to Ted's going to tell me about what it, how it correlates in core in a second, which is good. Uh, and if your users are clicking it and using it, uh, and they like it, then I would I would imagine that it would end up uh, being a good ranking benefit for you. But Ted, what does Cora say about that? Uh, well, more importantly, uh, how does Google feel about uh, uh, anchors that jump to a position on the page? And my understanding is all modern versions of Chrome no longer support those types of anchor links that jump to position on page. Oh, really? Uh, so the only benefit I could imagine being there is for TF-IDF, so keyword usage and the content of the page. Mm. So I believe those, you know, jump to the middle of the page links uh, probably no longer work in Chrome. And the last time I checked, they didn't. 
Wow. Okay. Well, I, I didn't know that. Um, that would definitely be something to test and check out. Um, last time we tested named anchors definitely gave a, a ranking spot, a keyword spot for a ranking boost. Um, but then again, um, more um, to your point, I just did an audit today and I checked, they were hit by the August 29th update. Uh, sorry, the July 29th update, this medic update, I'm calling it the July 29th update. And um, two of the, their biggest two losing pages in rankings were both named anchor uh, hotlinks. So they could be flushing those down the toilet. Um, be interesting. It'd be interesting to see what what chorus has about that. Okay, Simon Phillips in the uh, on the panel here has asked one of the question: Have you tested link insertions on existing articles versus new blog posts? My thinking is that if a page was a few years old but was on topic, would it look unnatural if a new link was placed there versus a brand new post? Again, I'm just thinking which would stand up better to uh, plausible deniability. Um, yes, we've tested that inadvertently. We've taken existing pages and put links in them and uh, pushed them at pages with mixed results. Sometimes it gives a boost. Sometimes if it's a spammy a page, a spammy site, uh, doesn't give a boost and starts our, our target page uh, A-B testing. So at the end of the day, I would speculate that, yes, this works just fine. And it obeys all the standard rules of linking, which is don't get links from spammy sites because either it will be ignored or you'll make your, your page start A-B testing, and that's not a good thing. Usually clients get very angry when a page that was ranking spot 8, for example, suddenly is 21, 8, 21, 7, 27, bouncing like that. There's two reasons I know of that that will happen. One. You've pointed spammy links at it. You got to wait for three weeks. Don't touch it. Don't disavow, and it should come back. Two, it's Panda, and they're AB quality testing you, and you should fix your CRO and speed immediately. Okay, uh, and Deidre also adds that she received the penalty on the 22nd of July. Yeah, so I would add that into um, the July 29th update. That's close enough. Uh, again, you definitely need an audit for that. Uh-oh. Deidre goes on to say, uh, we have de-optimized the site and ensured each page indexed, satisfied user queries. We removed over 70 pages of 200. Um, again, uh, okay, this is, I mean, people always say, you know, Josh, you're just selling your services. You're not really helping anything. I don't know, listen to the rest of the video. I think I did help quite a bit without just selling my services. But this is a situation where I need to sell my services. Deidre, please, you should not just start deleting pages and you should not just start removing keywords off of a site. That may have been the right thing to do. That may have been a terrible thing to do. So um, uh, I, I would I, all I can recommend in that scenario, and the reason why I recommend it is a good reason, not just because I want to do more audits. I've got plenty of work to do. Uh, <laughs> I'm recommending you get an audit from someone who really knows what they're talking about because because you need that diagnostic support. That's like you were feeling sick and you found a lump on your leg and so you decided to take a scalpel to yourself without getting any tests first. That's not a good idea. You need a, 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 you need the SEO doctor to run full suites of tests to diagnose properly what's going on and give you a healthy prognosis and a healthy set of things, tactical things you need to do that, guarantee, that, are, that are guaranteed to work, that work in all of our examples and go to bit.ly slash SEO proof for the proof of how our stuff works. Um, I wouldn't just go deleting pages. Uh, that might help, that might not. Mike Calvin asks, how important is link velocity to a new page with 10,000 words optimized and great content? Um, it doesn't matter, Mike. Uh, in all of our testing, link velocity made absolutely no difference whatsoever. And even John Mueller of Google says that link velocity makes absolutely no difference whatsoever. Um, it makes perfect sense. You can make a page and you can put it out there on the interwebs and put it on Twitter and people love it and so you get 1,400 links in a day. Or you, you make a page and it sits there with no links for three months and then finally your TV commercial comes out and then you get 10,000 links in a day. So there's no, there, there, is, there is no conclusive evidence that link velocity is a factor you have to worry about in any way, shape, or form. Um, what you do need to worry about are other things other than what you've mentioned. And he asks, would social signals help? Yes. And testing social signals do help. 
Um, I would, if you are in a niche that social social signals are something easy for you to do, um, or if you want to get someone who works on social signals, my wife is a social media consultant. She does Facebook ads and Facebook uh, boosting, organic boosting. She's very good at it. So email us, uh, email me at joshbachinski at gmail.com and I can put you in touch with her. She has a lot of clients and she's very choosy about her clients. And so maybe she'll take you on, maybe she won't. So, but you can email me to find out. It's at least 500 bucks a month for that alone. Uh, a thousand would be better. Uh, and, um, but yes, it would definitely help. So if you're in a niche where social signals are possible, I would definitely recommend it. Okay. Um, I see a question here. I don't know if it's for me. Uh, Alwayne asks, do you still recommend the health niche? Um, I never necessarily suggest, uh, uh, recommended the health niche. I don't necessarily recommend it or de-recommend it. Um, there's a lot of really good commission affiliate programs in the health niche, for example. So you could work on it for that reason. You're probably talking to somebody else. But I'll just comment on it. Um, um, I'm Actually, my course tomorrow that I'm running, uh, my, mentor, my mentor group, um, I, I do a course on the, first, the, the, fourth, the fourth Thursday of every month. So that's tomorrow. Uh, and uh, I will be uh, actually doing a complete A to Z how you would start up and do a, build a website from the beginning, how you would do the keyword research, how you would do the niche research, how you would find a good niches to go on, how you, would, how you would set up the site, how you would set up the SEO, how you would start doing all that stuff, and how you would, how would, how would, you, you would build it out uh, month per month. I'm going to give them a complete roadmap of how to do that. Um, and so to answer your question is instead of just choosing the health niche, unless I was a doctor or something, I knew a lot about the health niche, I could speak intelligently about it, then that would make sense in terms of the SWOT analysis to just go and be in the health niche. But me as an SEO who knows nothing about anything except for SEO, uh, really, anything that makes money. Like I, I have three black belts, but no one, no one's going to pay me for a black belt martial arts affiliate site. So, so all my knowledge there is, is garbage. You know, I know a lot about philosophy. I was doing a master's degree and a PhD in philosophy, but no one pays philosophers anything for anything. So, so all that knowledge is garbage too. So when it comes to uh, monetizing knowledge, all I have is an SEO. And um, uh, and so for me, starting from fresh from everything, I would do research into the niches as to what is is paying out the most and what looked best from competition, payout, and and uh, and uh, traffic. And those three factors is what I would make that decision on. And I wouldn't just go to the health niche. I would I would see which had the best uh, factors. But I'll talk more about that tomorrow. If you want to take that course. Join my mentorship program. Email me at joshbachinski.gmail.com. The uh, course is tomorrow. Uh, so sign up before that, and uh, we can get you into the course. Okay. That's a pop question. That's a Cora question. Um, Baxter asks a great question. Um, what's the issue if my website doesn't rank at all despite anything I do? The domain is new, not expired, and I haven't done anything shady with it. It appears as, as an omitted result sometimes. That's um, a really good question. Um, again, I would have to take a, an in-depth look to see why it's showing up as an omitted result. Um, you say the domain is not expired. Um, uh, you haven't done anything shady with it. The question is, have you done anything with it at all? Google does have some rather nasty algorithms that if they see like a parked site or a parked domain, and nothing has changed with it, and it, it looks a little thin and a little spammy maybe, they will, they will park it, and sometimes you can get into an admitted result. Also, I've seen uh, very effective negative SEO tactics that put you in the admitted result sometimes. So I would need to do an audit to find out which one is going on here, and I, I would need to do an audit, and I'd be, but I would be able to rec recommend how you fix it after that. And if it's a mistake, if, uh, it, if, if it's a Google mistake and you shouldn't really be omitted, I do have John Mueller's email. I do email him on a regular basis, and he does fix stuff. Uh, you can ask Andrew, who's uh, in my mentor group. We recently emailed John Mueller for a mistake that Google was doing, and Google had it fixed, I think, within 24 hours for him. And 24 hours is, is the average of what uh, kind of a response I get for sending something to John Mueller. He responds quicker sometimes, but in terms of work, it's usually 24 hours. Uh, I should I should qualify that though. He, he doesn't just fix people's rankings because I ask him to. It's usually it has to be when Google is clearly making a mistake, which happens more often than you would imagine. Okay. 
Uh, Uh, Sean says, unless you ask Josh about disavow, I don't see any anxiety here. Haha. <laughs> yes, I can get rather upset when people bring up the disavow file. Don't ever disavow any link whatsoever unless you have a manual action. And if you do, email me and I will guide you through how to, how to deal with it. Okay, let's see if there's any other questions for me. Okay, Sean Greenwood asks, what's the difference between those uh, silos? What's the difference between those silos and normal internal links? I use internal exact matches to pass link juice sometimes. This seems to help. Sean, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. And yes, if you're passing external backlink juice through a silo to a page, that does help in testing. It did bring it up one or two or three spots maximum. In, but in testing, pointing a link directly to uh, a money page, we get three, four to five spot increases. So we get much more juice pointing right at the money page. Why? Why would you ever rip yourself off in some of the and the money you spent to get that link and devalue your link juice by routing it through a silo? Unless you want to use that as a link router, which you definitely can. You can do it that way. But I would prefer uh, URL uh, URL um, parameter uh, link routers uh, because I've tested those uh, in in single variable and in the wild, and you still get the same boost. And you can remove them anytime you want. Uh, although there's really no reason to ever to remove them unless you, again, you get a manual action. Um, a bunch of messages are retracted. Uh, Amit Singh asks, well, I'm not, I'm not convinced Amit Singh is not actually Amit Singh all, the ex-head of Google search. He asks, I'm working on a marketplace website where a supplier uploads their product. What I found that all three contents are duplicate. Is it okay to no index them? And shall I manual review, uh, remove them from Google? Um, if you manually review, remove them from Google, then, then they won't read the no index. So that's redundant. You, have, you can do one or the other, it's doing the same thing. And yeah, if, if you should not have duplicate content on your site, because again, it's about search engine optimization. It's about maximizing your chances to ramrod rank brain and ramrod Google into no Google. Look at this page. I want to rank this page right here for this keyword, Google. It's about optimizing that chance. It's about ramrodding Google. The more duplicate content you have, the more spurless keywords you have, the more tech problems you have, the more you make Google think, the more you make Google make a decision, the less, the, the statistically, the less, uh, uh, the less uh, uh, rankings you will have, statistically, the worse you will do in terms of breadth of rankings, impressions, and in terms of ranking high to number one. So, uh, oh, last question. So yes, if you have duplicate content and you don't need it to rank, remove it. Uh, Borislav asks, question, does the number of pages on the site make a difference when it's going over 100,000? It's understandable that link juice is not enough to cover all pages. So is there any difference if you have 100,000 versus a million? Borislav, that's a great question. That's exactly the test I'm running right now. So silos are busted. Silos don't help at all. But I was like, well, what if you have 100 pages on your site linking back to one page? That's what we did. We made a 100-page SERP, and we put, a, we put a, an, an internal link on all those pages pointing to one page to see even after 100 internal links, does it generate enough page rank to give that to that page a boost? And we're running that test right now, and I'll tell you the results in about three weeks <laughs> uh, because I'm not going to be back for about three weeks to do this show. So as I said, um, I'm going to be on vacation for two weeks. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Please stick with the show. Subscribe uh, on the subscribe button, which is probably right about here somewhere, uh, so you know when the show is going to be next. But I am going to be running it. I'm going to be gone for two weeks on the third week. On Thursday at 1 p.m. is when I'm going to be putting this show back on, and it's going to run three times a month, and the fourth week of the month I'll be doing my course. So I won't have a show that, that day. I'll be doing a course for my mentorship group as well. If you want to have Josh every week, join the mentorship group, and then you'll get Josh every week. I don't know why you'd want to hear about hear my stupid voice every week, but some people apparently do. I, I can't figure it out. My wife can't figure it out. She's like, why do people want to listen to you? I don't know. I, I, doesn't make sense to me, but I guess it's because of the quality of our testing, I suppose, and the quality of our knowledge that we have. Go to bit.ly slash SEO proof and you can see for yourself.
So like I said, I'm going to be gone for two weeks. The show's moving to Thursdays at 1 p.m. Subscribe on YouTube. You'll know when it's coming up. Or follow me on Twitter, and I always tweet out when the show's coming up. I wish everyone a good two weeks. I'll be gone. Um, I will be still have tentative contact with my mentorship group. I'll probably still be running the Monday test results meeting that we regularly do. I'll be giving serving up SEO quickies for you if I come up with any. And the course for my mentorship group is tomorrow at uh, 2 p.m. Pacific. I'll probably start a little early. I usually start a little early because I get bored. And I'll just start answering SEO questions and, and really talking at an advanced level. That's probably going to be around 1 p.m. tomorrow. No promises, but I'll probably get bored. I'll probably do that. Don't worry. I'll record the whole thing for my mentorship group. You can always watch that plus any other of my secret content I've done is all recorded from the mentorship group. If you want to join my mentorship group, do so now. I am raising the prices. It's 300 bucks a month. Email me at joshpachinski at gmail.com and I can get you set up for my mentorship group. Uh, and if you have questions about Cora, email Ted. He's at seotoolab.com. Use the contact form there. If you want to get a, a, a discount version of Cora, it's at bit.ly slash get dash Cora. If you want to know where I bought my t-shirt, it's at Mark's Works Warehouse. If you want to know where I found that deer skull, it's not in this dry landscape. It's up on Skirt Mountain in Vancouver, BC, Canada. <laughs> there, that's all the information I'm telling you for today. And now we're leaving. Uh, Ted, what's your final What's your final thoughts? I've talked too much. End up the show for us, Ted. I know I owe a lot of people some emails. I've been traveling the past week, so I'm hoping to get caught up this week. And, you know, I'm just thunderstruck for being here today. Thanks. <laughs> He's very good. He's thunderstruck for being here today. So anyway, this has been the White Average Black and SEO Show. I'll see you again uh, after two weeks on a Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific. And until then, good luck in the SERPs. And for those going to my course, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.